our assets are our people and our people have legs. They can move to other other employers very easily, uh, other competitors. Yeah, I think it's a virtuous cycle, right? I, I think the ESOP concretely states that we believe that every individual that works for Axie is important, right? No matter what we can say in any meeting, we can't match the fact that your account goes up when Axie grows. From Lazier Capital, this is the ESOP Insider. In this four-part podcast, we will take you through all you need to know about selling your company through an employee stock ownership plan, or ESOPs as they're commonly known. Now, this is episode three, and we highly recommend listening to the previous two episodes before diving into this one. In episode one, we gave you a crash course on ESOPs with Ted Lape, an industry-leading expert when it comes to ESOPs. And in episode two, we sat down with ASI Roofing to talk about their ESOP journey. Today, though, we are talking with Axia Consulting. Now, the goal of the show was always to demonstrate the broad application of ESOPs in all walks of companies. And as you heard up top, in Axia's case, their most important asset is their people. And so their ESOP deal had to address that need, specifically as it retains to recruiting and retaining employees. Moreover, it's worth noting that unlike other ESOPs we've talked about on the show, Axia's ESOP was not really about an owner wanting to depart the business, but rather Axia saw an ESOP as a growth vehicle. So, without giving any more away, let's dive in. My my first job out of college was with one of the big consulting firms. Meet Paul Grove, founder of Axia Consulting. I was there for seven years, left as a manager, and I joined a startup uh, of ex-big consultants from our firm. And uh, that was really great because they took the best of the culture from the, the first company and uh, had great clients doing great work. That company got absorbed into, they got purchased by a large publicly held company. Uh, and they were not, they were in managed services. They were not in consulting. So they, there was a culture mismatch. That's when I decided to leave. And that was the genesis for Axia. My vision was to build something. Great consultants doing great work for great clients. Paul, tell me about those early days at Axia. What was day one like? Uh, day one was was finding a role at a client <laughs> where, where I could go and bill. The early on, yeah, the cash flow was a big, important um, aspect. Clients, recruiting, it, it's the same components that we're focused on here every day, but it was just when, when it's, it's two people, um, it, it, everything is magnified. I uh, accidentally got introduced to Axia in 2007. I was And meet Justin Browder, school. current CEO of Axia Consulting. Paul, do you remember Justin's first interview? I, I do. I met Justin at Starbucks uh, and he wore a suit. And I was, at the time, uh, my client was The Gap and I was in jeans. <laughs> Yeah, it started with a suit in Starbucks in 2007. <laughs> and and the boss of the month club or something. You got me a, a boss I, of the year card. I got him a greeting card for boss's day two weeks in. And he said, what are you doing? I'm not your boss. He's like, oh, okay. Justin was ready to go. Justin was actually one of the first employees of Axia that was not an equity owner of Axia. So he was guaranteed a paycheck, whereas the rest of the owners were, were not guaranteed paycheck. When I joined in 2007, the message was, we want to grow one great consultant at a time. So it was interest in growth, but not for the sake of it. It was, let's grow the right way by finding the next great person, and that's going to have good outcomes. Paul, do you remember the first time you would have been introduced to the concept of an ESOP? 
Um, I I do. Uh, it was actually at a Lazier seminar they're putting on with a local um, law firm here in Columbus, and um, at, at the point in time, at that point in time, we were looking at all different alternatives to share ownership broadly amongst all employees, not just the equity owners. And uh, we looked at phantom stock, income shares, um, stock options, and we heard about ESOPs and at the seminar, and it was intriguing. And then all of a sudden, ESOPs started popping up all over the place in our lives. And, um, and so we, we investigated further and, and uh, ended up going down that path. So, Paul, then outside of just hearing about ESOPs within your community, what was the catalyst to do one or, or why was that important to you? Um, well, so it, it, this is actually a great question because the, the, uh, the firm that I worked for that ended up getting bought by the large publicly traded company, there was one guy that owned the, the, that firm that he walked away with a bag of cash and no one else did. <laughs> and we were looking to protect ourselves and our employees from, from that event happening at Axia. So that that was that's why we were looking for a mechanism to share ownership broadly because it really it really fits well within our industry. We're we're looking to attract the best people and incent them with with some sort of ownership stake. From the time I started to the time I heard about the ESOP, the conversation about Axia was always this is going to be a generational, long lasting business. That was that was in my first interview when I showed up in a suit. Like I, I heard the intent for this was to be around for a really long time. Part of that, now looking with hindsight and hearing Paul's story, was a reaction to their experiences prior to that. Um, but that was the goal. And so when I first started hearing about the ESOP, hearing about why we were going that direction, a lot of it was that. How can we create a company that can be sustaining for a long time? Paul, can you tell me a little bit about what you remember about actually getting the ESOP done and going through that process? Yeah, well, uh, Lazier put together a, a model of what a transaction could look like and, uh, and drilled it down like by person. And so, so that, that's what we, we were able to help everybody understand what, what the ESOP could mean to them short term and then long term with, with being able to share broadly ownership across the company. I, I would say that the Lazier model that was put together for us came to reality, almost to a dime. You know, we, we did kind of narrow our choice down to Lazier and another firm. And uh, it, it really came down to the fact that Lazier, we, we, <laughs> we decided to commit to an ESOP in October of, of 2014. Lazier said they could get the deal done by the end of the year and get all the bank financing done, and which, which happened. Um, they, along the way, introduced us to all of our uh, advisors, um, the TPA, trustee, valuation firm, um, banking. The banking relationship we, we ha still have today was, was introduced through, through Lazier, um, which was huge value. And so when did Axia officially ease up? We, we became an ESOP January 1st, 2014. We rolled it out to the company at our January company meeting, and it was not an exit plan. We, we actually, we viewed it as a way to share ownership 
And uh, in hindsight, it was really more of a transition plan than an exit plan. Today, 10 years later, we, uh, we still have eight of the 10 shareholders on staff right now or as part of Axia in, in some sort of leadership position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a near term and a long term. Near term growth vehicle is when the ESOP was announced, it is not a coincidence that we had one of our best years the following year. Like the excitement that that drove to say all these things that we've been saying about each individual being part of this company is now concretely true. And and I think that was a lot of energy, a lot of people understanding, hey, now I, I have effectively equity in this and I have skin in the game and the growth of this company is important for my individual circumstance. That was a very near-term bump that we felt. And I think beyond that near term as a growth vehicle, it's absolutely there. I mean, our ability to do succession planning, to show individuals that are now in the circumstance I was in 2007, that they now have a wealth building vehicle over the course of their career if they stay with an ESOP is powerful. Did you find the ESOP to be cost prohibitive or challenging in any way to to make happen? You know, once we made the decision to move forward with the ESOP, we kind of had the, the cost identified. It, it was totally worth the cost to become an ESOP. In terms of annual administration, it's it's not overly burdensome, especially considering this tax savings. Well, we, we haven't even touched on the tax savings, but the, the tax savings of being 100% S-Corp ESOP is substantial, and it allowed us to pay down the debt over seven years. Um, and now we're in a position where we're the debt is paid down where we're trying to find uses for the cash that we're generating. And all the benefits, monetary and otherwise, have completely made it worthwhile to ride the learning curve of Adisa. So... Axios Leadership does their due diligence and structures an ESOP to work as part of their company's growth strategy, which is slightly different from our friends over at ASI, who, if you remember, utilize their ESOP more or less to help shepherd an ownership transfer. Now, because Axia implemented an ESOP so early on in their company's history, they had plenty of time to reap the benefits of this juggernaut of a recruiting and retention tool. Prior to hearing about the ESOP specifically, there were drum beats from a group of us that were advancing in our career saying, hey, where's this going? Where's my career going? Where's Axia going? Um, we know that at some point, some of these founders are going to retire. What happens then? So we were starting to ask those kind of questions. We're 10 years into Axia. Um, the first time then I heard about the ESOP was, I think, a uh, a little bit of a targeted campaign to get small groups of people together to explain this whole thing, right? So I remember sitting down with Paul and Ed at dinner with a couple of other people and a lot of drawing going on and explaining how the ESOP functions and what it means to us and what it means for Axia and effectively answering all those questions that were sitting out there. That I mean, one of the attractions in our business is that you become highly marketable through what you're doing. And so what we always want to be true is our consultants want to work at Axia because of the culture. And ESOP answered a lot of that, both culturally and from, honestly, a wealth building standpoint. Hey, I'm now at a place 
where I can accumulate wealth um, competitively with any other place out there and enjoy the culture and grow my career and be challenged and all the things that we were already offering. There may have been a couple skeptical people that, that thought that the company was engineering some type of uh, financial situation, but those people now have substantial balances in their ESOP. Now they're completely bought in. The, this sounds like a paid ad, but the conversations a month after the launch were, is this real? Like, what's the catch? And that's what was going on at happy hour a month later. It was, what's the catch with the ESOP? Because what we're hearing seems really So let's talk numbers. What sort of growth have you seen post-ESOP? Yeah, so we, we've grown, since becoming an ESOP, we've grown an average of 11% a year. Our, our stock price, when we first became an ESOP, was our first stock price was $29 a share. We, we ended up leaving a lot, <laughs> a lot of uh, working capital in the company. Um, and our most recent stock price is about $200 a share. So that, that's, that's pretty impressive for 10 years. We actually, yeah, we, we pulled some of these together. And a, a few things that have been true since we became an ESOP. I'll, I'll start with a good, I think, objective measure of our culture we have won best places to work in the last 10 years every year. And that is part of our culture that is absolutely due to the ESOP and people having skin in the game and feeling like they have an ownership mindset. Um, we send out an engagement survey every couple of years and this hot off the presses, 99% of employees agree, strongly agree that they're proud to work for our firm. Right. So we've done things culturally through the ESOP and otherwise to make that true. Since then, the more concrete stuff, 92% employee retention rate and 84% annual client retention rate means if we work for somebody in 2021, 84% of the time we work with them in 2022. That to me is counterintuitive when you think about the ESOP. But we've been pleasantly surprised when we sit across from our clients, our customers, and say, everybody that you work with is an owner of the company that you're engaging. They now have trust that the person's not going to be gone in a month, right? That they are going to be there for the entirety of that, that engagement. And that is really powerful. And more than I really expected, that has resonated with our clients. How does this compare with competitors in your industry? It blows it away. I mean, we've we've talked about the fact that in our industry, in a people business, um, in the market we've been in, which has been a tight labor market over the last few years, it's difficult to retain people. And we've been able to be above industry average, well above industry average the entire time we've been in ESOP. And looking at the recruiting side of your business, recruiting talent, that is, how does the ESOP factor into that? Yeah, from the moment we announced it, in interviews, it came up, hey, we're an ESOP and here's what that means. And I think what we've done since has gotten better at speaking to what it means and better at meeting people where they are. Somebody two years out of school with 30 years left in their career is going to think about an ESOP differently than somebody 30 years in their career with two years left. And so we've tried to find ways to meet them in that spot in their career and talk about how it's advantageous. Yeah, I think the language that that especially the the younger 
uh, recruits can appreciate is the ESOP is a wealth building tool. And it's just like in, just like a 401k is, but with an ESOP, you're automatically enrolled when you meet the eligibility criteria and you just start earning shares. And that happens regardless of whether you contribute to your 401k or not. You're, you're part of the, the plan. You're, you're an owner. And you gain, get, gain shares every year. And ideally, the stock price is going up. And when we evaluate through that succession evaluation, when we look at that now, it's not, uh, this is a great person, but do they have enough money in their bank account to buy a piece of Axia? Right. That, that you just don't have to go through all those type of conversations. You just find the right person for the role and you're able to move on. It. That's because of the ESOP. So you guys have had 10 years now post your ESOP deal. I'd love to kind of talk about uh, today and, and looking forward in the future. But first, Justin, I'm, I'm curious, how did you step into the role of CEO? So my career at Axia is a story of client delivery. It is a started as a sidekick to a bunch of project managers and then managed projects. And then the projects got bigger and I started pitching in more internally as the projects got bigger. Um, And then I think similar to the leaders that we've always had, it made sense at some point to move into a more internal role um, just to help. Right. And so that for me, that initially was taking over our business consulting practice and I helped there And then there was a discussion of um, with our former CEO, hey, we need to talk about succession. It's the right thing to evaluate that at every level, which we do. And so we went through a process and I stepped into that role in, in 2022 coming out of that process. Justin is an example, a great example of of why the ESOP was great for Axia, because we were able to take the equity discussion off the table of um bringing Justin in as an equity owner of, of Axia, he, he's he now he's just part of the ESOP. And uh and we we can look at how we can transition from former generation to the new generation of Axia. And we're looking to we're doing succession planning at ex- the executive level. Now we push it down to to our practice levels and, and we're looking out, you know, years down the road. And Paul, with Justin taking over this leadership role, where do you see yourself and your future with Axia? So uh, I, I told myself five years ago that, that I'd be done at Axia in five years. And it, right, I'm sitting here today. And I, th- I think I've got another five years to go. Uh, I, I, I love the company that, that we collectively have built. And um, I, it's given me the ability to have a little bit of a glide path. I can define my own kind of exit. Um, and so I, I think in five years, I'll, I'll still be in some way, shape or form part of Axia. And so to consider that going back to people joining today directly because of the ESOP, they will for the next five years be sitting and working alongside the founder, which is pretty rare, right? I mean, that's talking about now 20, 25 years in that the founder is there, still wants to be involved. And that is at its core because of the ESOP has allowed it. I, I, I come in the morning, I make the coffee, I turn on the lights uh, and, and, and I, I, I unload the dishwasher. I, I, I do think that that's all part of stewardship and which is part of our, our core values. 
Paul, in today's terms, how prevalent is the ESOP in messaging uh, to your employees or, or how often does it kind of get brought up? Well, yeah, every year in our summer meeting, we, we've got a big unveiling of the stock price and we, we, we do it different every single year, but it's you know somewhat the price is right type guessing game, and that's uh, that that's always a good time, except for the one year that the stock price went down. Do you think those conversations are easier to be had with employees uh, when they are a part of an ESOP, specifically as it pertains to you know, stock prices going down? Absolutely, yes. We we uh, we had an unfortunate incident where we lost one of our largest clients. They had a change in leadership in the company and decided to cancel all capital projects. Um, everyone in the company understood what happened, and we 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 navigated the storm. We did so without having to let people go. Um, the ESOP, you know, allowed us to do that because everyone was in the seat of, of ownership at the point at that point and and appreciated what we were going through and, and felt part of the, the process, if you will. We have, I, I think, two other things I would add to that. One is even when the stock goes up, we'll caveat it and say, hey, here's why. Here were the drivers. And so it's a pretty natural conversation to say, hey, those drivers can cause things to go up or down. And the other thing that we benefit of or benefit from, and this is all the way back to the launch, is we have highly educated people who are business savvy. And so when we talk about a stock price going up and down, we can shortcut a lot of the explainers that other people may have to do. Gentlemen, looking ahead, what is the future of Axia looking like? What's like the five-year plan? When we talk about the future at Axia today, it sure sounds a lot like it did 10 years ago. It is good things are going to happen if we find the next great consultant to join us. Good things are going to happen if we find the next great client and continue to deliver at a caliber we always have. So the business strategy, although it it may not look as um, futuristic and flying cars as people want it to look like. It's as simple as that. If we attract the best talent and do great work, it's going to be really good for our business and therefore the ESOP. And we've always said we can grow in the right way, not to chase targets, yeah. right? We can grow because we found the right person or the next great client mm -hmm. um, or we find a new practice area strategically. It's not because we demand 15%, right? Now that may be the outcome, but we're able to get there the way we want to get there. Yeah, we, we've hired our entire company. Well, we've hired 50% of our company in the last two years. That, that's impressive. And, and the ESOP is, is a foundation, part of the foundation for allowing that to happen. And we went back and kind of back-tested uh, what the impact was for 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 several people, and it is double digit growth in in terms of their overall compensation or w two income the the ESOP has been a ten percent plus benefit for them one thing I didn't mention that's probably worth mentioning is uh we were having a conversation with Ed, our former CEO. And the question was, best moment of your career? And he said, the announcement of the ESOP. Like being able to be in front of that room 
and saying, now this is a room of employee owners was the best moment of a, of a very decorated career. Yeah, there were people crying in that room that, that were so excited and just couldn't believe how, how sharing actually was. I told you not to tell anybody I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> and as Justin and Paul debate the dry eye question, we are left with some incredible first-hand experiences on all the good an ESOP can accomplish at a company. What started as a need to retain talent and culture blossomed into a healthy benefit package and a main driver of Axia's growth. Axia is an excellent resource to see what an ESOP company can look like even a decade after the deal has been now, coming up on our final part of this series, we travel to New York City to chat with Rudy Caligari of Edgerun. Rudy brings to the table a company who is heavily invested in a cornucopia of rental vehicles, which support the film and entertainment industry in New York. Rudy is a shrewd businessman and has done his due diligence. I've done PE, I did mergers, I did um, uh, strategic sales, I've done... Uh, I've raised money with private equity. I've, I've kind of bounced around depending on uh, the industry and, and business at hand. This was my first ESOP. Um, I, uh, like most people, I knew very, very little about it until I started to, to really look into it. And I don't know, maybe being a cynical New Yorker, the first thing I, I said to my business partner is, I'm like, is this even legal? <laughs> it, it doesn't seem, you know, it seems too good to be true. We'd like to thank Paul and Justin of Axia Consulting for giving us their time today. Now, we know you have questions and hopefully we have those answers. Please reach out no matter what step of the business sale process you are in so we can help. You can drop us a line or get in touch with us at laziercapital.com. That's L-A-Z-E-A-R capital.com. And make sure to check out the show notes on the site for this episode for an even deeper dive into all that we talked about today. See you next episode.